Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. After a little bit of a delay, I didn't do the Middlesbrough game, uh, so I didn't see it, and I was pretty annoyed that we only got a draw over there. Um, this week, uh, Liverpool league leaders coming to us. I thought after the recent performances where we're not closing anyone down on crosses, uh, that we'd be ripped apart by Alexander-Arnold and, and Robertson, but that wasn't the case, and I'm actually quite annoyed that we should have got something out of that game. Certainly a draw, but I think in the second half, we did enough to win the game. Um, Liverpool created, I, I can only think of about four clear-cut chances. We only created two, admittedly, but this is the best team in England we're talking about. Uh, we restricted them to only really four, although one of them might have been offside, so a lot better than I thought, but we still lost, and that's very annoying. And it just shows how far Liverpool have come and how much we've dropped off, but talk about the game, that, a few of the players, uh, one player in particular who had an absolute stinker, who I think you'll probably know who I'm talking about, and a few unwanted criticisms, and Tanganjo who came in, played absolutely brilliantly, has to play now, uh, regularly, or semi-regularly, uh, but anyway, discuss all that and a bit more, uh, let's talk Tottenham. Okay, so first off the game, uh, two minutes in, feared the worst that we'd go 1-0 down with too easy for Firmino. Uh, the ball over the top, down the, down the channels, which everybody knows is what Liverpool do. And yet it's too easy, got Christian Eriksen just jogging beside him, which more on him later. Uh, and then able to turn him too easily, Firmino. Uh, he should have scored, really, but brilliant improvisation and, and, and um, uh, I can't even think of the word, like knowing where it would go from Tanganja and then lucky after the shot off the post. But, you know, it was a poor pass from Rose to start that off, which more on him later as well. Uh, speaking of Tanganja, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, he said after the game, Mourinho said, do you want to play? He said, yes, you won't be afraid. No, and he didn't look afraid either. Uh, Mourinho said pre-match as well, he's quick, which, you know, my friend who's a United fan, when I was uh, saying that we could get destroyed here, was saying, Jose will have a plan, he'll have a plan, which my point was, doesn't matter if he has a plan, if the players don't care, then it's not going to be much good. But, apart from a couple, which more on them later, like I've said, uh, everyone put a shift in, including the subs when they came on. Uh, and we actually... We're in the game, all game. Uh, it's just disappointing to lose. But Tanganja, quick. Obviously Mane playing there, light and quick as well. And I thought he handled him brilliantly. Uh, uh, he had one shot, Mane, which was that the, the volley that he kind of scuffed into the ground and went over the bar harmlessly. But other than that, I thought Tanganja, he, 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 when Mane came deep, he came deep. Uh, and then when uh, Rose went off, Tanganja goes on the left. He didn't look out of place there either. So a brilliant debut from him. Uh, didn't look afraid. Like good first early touch, good early header from the kickoff, which will set him, settle him down. Would have settled him down rather. Uh, and he had Alderville there to tell him. I would imagine you know when to step out, when not. You know, calm him down if he was uh, getting a bit too eager. Which he did once. He dived in on Mane. Luckily, Mane didn't see him and he couldn't spin round quickly enough. And then Tanganja fouled him. But if Mane had seen that coming, then I think, you know, could have been in trouble. But I, I put that down to just enthusiasm of, of, of you know, the occasion. And, and he's young. He's only 20. Uh, for the goal, again, terrible. Uh, speaking on Tanganja, not his fault, but he got done by the touch by Firmino. But that's what happens when, you know, not played really. You've not played any Premier League football, and you're playing against one of the best. Uh, it's just those little tiny bits make the difference. But I want to I speak about uh, Sanchez with that. Uh, he had the chance with Salah running at him to boot the ball up, get rid of it, and he tried to take it back, take it back, take it back, and then clear it. And he cleared it straight down the line, not even in the air. Uh, and then it goes out for a throw. Yes, should have been our throw, but the issue of whose throw was it should never have happened in the first place. And Alderweireld, poor header, misjudged the bounce when the throw came in, uh, and then the goal happens. Handball or not, I don't know. 
It's hard to say, but if it did hit Henderson's hand, this rule is nonsense. Like West Ham fans will know that from the day before on Friday with Rice. It's a load of nonsense, that rule. No way anyone, like Henderson or Rice, meant that. So goal should stand. So I've got no qualms about the goal other than the fact that it should never have happened in the first place because Sanchez should have got rid of it. Um, but other than that, I thought Sanchez played well. I thought him, those three at the back look, look solid. Maybe we haven't had as much of a plan in games previously that we did with Liverpool. Um, but this game, with a plan, they, they look good. We didn't have that much attack and intent, certainly the first half, but you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you're moving here, aren't you? You go and attack them, get picked off, 4-0 down at half-time, game over, or you stay in the game. Try really try after 70 minutes in the second half would be look dangerous. Uh, should have scored. I mean, there's no denying that. Um, but yeah. Anyway, getting back to Mourinho, my friend, like I said, said he will have a plan, and he did. To be fair, so props to Mourinho there. He had a plan for Liverpool, and it almost worked to perfection. Almost. It's just like the commentators on Sky were saying, which more on them in a bit as well. Um, the commentators on Sky were saying his, his tactics against the big teams there are don't make mistake, wait till they do. And unfortunately, we blinked first and we couldn't capitalise on their mistakes. Um, but yeah, bear, bearing in mind that we thought, a lot of people thought we might get battered, but then that's something that's been lost. Uh, before Pochettino came, it was a time of, oh, we're gonna, you know, under Sherwood, we're playing a big team, we're going to get absolutely rinsed here. Pochettino changed all that mentality, certainly for me anyway. I don't, I don't know what other fans' view on, on this is, but it'd be interesting to know. But my view is, essentially was, under Pochettino, certainly the 16-17 season, I didn't fear anyone. I thought every game, good team or bad team, world-class team or, or, or whatever, uh, we play our game, we'll win. And certainly at home, we can beat anyone at home. Uh, now we're, we're in the stage where Liverpool are coming to town, we're going to get destroyed. So again, that mentality, well, I'll admit that I, I had that mentality is that you know we're not good enough for the, against these teams, which has completely changed under Pochettino not, not that long ago, only about two, three years ago, which is pretty poor, pretty poor, but hopefully Mourinho can turn that around. And th this is a good building block. I say building block and it's <laughs> a real shame, isn't it, that we're building again when we were vying for titles, but, you know, that's the lack of buying players. More on that in a bit as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, Mourinho had a plan. Almost worked, but it's good to see he had a plan and the players actually believed in the plan and actually tried rather than the last few games where there's been no closing down or hustling. Um, Deli Alley can't pass a bloody ball to save his life, but he, he was... Tracking back, hustling back, and hassling and harrying, which is what we used to do, so and closing down, which was good. Uh, we we did look a little bit dangerous, like Moro, I think deserves credit. He was the only one who looked dangerous with his pace, but you know he's up against Van Dyke and they're put, booting the ball up in the air. Like it's not going to happen, is it? Uh, it wouldn't have mattered if Kane was up there because he, as I've said before, I don't think he's as good as holding it up as people would maybe like us to believe. Um, but yeah, Sun had a shot as well, which should have got on target really, or passed, but you know, he's within his rights to have a shot there, but if you're going to have a shot, get it on target, make the keeper do something. Uh, Moore had a, an effort, I think, as well. Uh, Ali did have one, and that, again, that hit his hand, so it wouldn't have counted, which is ridiculous, but so really we should have got a corner, but I think it was offside anyway, I think, so it's all irrelevant, but... Uh, people on social media as well on Twitter moaning that Sun was useless, or one person did, but you know, from what I saw of the game, he was told to to sit back a lot, lot more than Moore, who was our striker, sit back and help Rose out, because that's where Alexander Arnold is, and he's got God knows how many assists this season. So you could see that Moore was deep. You know, people saying, yeah, but he didn't run forward, but yeah. He's only human at the end of the day. He's not Mo Farah. He can't run like, you know, three marathons, flat out pace and then still not be tired. Uh, but second half, when the subs came on, it did make a difference. Um, I thought he, he, he had licence to go forward a bit more and he was 
dangerous, should have scored. But yeah, I think the, the criticism on him there is, is very unwarranted, I think. He, he's been asked to do a job there. Um, and I think he did it quite well. He helped Rose out quite well. The fact that Rose can't pass uh, wasn't Son's fault. But, but we kept giving the ball away. Like Ericsson, Ali, Rose, the main culprits there. Uh, yeah. And then Salah and Mane come deep. And Mane did uh, often Tanganja would close him down because he's presumably been asked by Mourinho to stick with him. He's a danger man. He's the quickest one. Uh, but, the, you know, where, where was Ericsson and Winks? There more on Ericsson later because it was the worst game that I think I've ever seen. But where was Winks? Which I was thinking about that. And again, there was criticism of him. I think he's unwarranted. He's been asked to play in a defensive midfield position, uh, Dyer's position, and he's not that player. He wants to go forward. So, you know, when he does get the ball, there's no runners for him. And he, he, he doesn't have the ability to ping a pass 50 yards. He drives forward like Dembele, not as strong, and then plays it off to someone who can do something with it. But if there's no runners, he's forced to play left, left, right, or back. You know, and he's been told to play in that position, which isn't his position. So, you know, him not affecting the game isn't his fault. He's been asked to play in a position that doesn't generally affect the game in an attacking sense. So I think, you know, and then, you know, I said, where was Winks when Salah and Mane and Firmino are coming deep? But, you know, that's not his positional sense, is it? So we definitely need a defensive midfielder if we're not going to play Dyer. Uh, but, you know, Liverpool often, every time Liverpool came forward, they looked dangerous, but you expect that because they're top of the league by an absolute country mile. They'll have this league wrapped up in March. Uh, but yeah, that's the midfielders. Like Ericsson was a passenger the whole game. Um, so that doesn't help. We're essentially playing with one less midfielder and 10 men, which <laughs> you can't be having passengers in a game like this. Um, but yeah, Liverpool had space for overload. And we, we generally handled the wide areas well. I can't remember many crosses that Alexander-Arnold or Robertson had, which, you know, testament to the, the full-backs and the people helping them out. Uh, well played for Aurier. He didn't dive in or do anything rash. He was unlucky with the, the, the throw that led to the goal because it was ours. Um, but generally he did quite well and his cross at the end for La Celso, which should be scoring that, was a fantastic cross. Uh, but more on cross in a bit. In a, in a bit, I wanted to talk about that, which is why Alexander-Arnold's got so many assists. Um... Yeah, Liverpool had a few clear-cut chances. Van Dijk's header, which I didn't realise until watching Matter today, that Salah was completely free from the, when the corner was taken. That, that's poor defending, and then he's the one who gets the ball, pings it over to the top, and there's three bloody waiting there. Eriksen wandered off, left them there, but it could have been given offside marginally, but you know, at the time, not to know that. Good save by um, Gazaniga, but then Van Dijk really shouldn't be giving him the chance. Um... But yeah, it's pretty poor. Uh, we had a couple of others, which I can't remember offhand now, uh, not including the goal. Uh, we had one in the second half, uh, a header, I think, from Mane. Uh, but other than that, I can't remember Liverpool causing too many clear-cut chances. Origi's chance was good feet, but it wasn't a clear-cut chance. It was good play. But, you know, we had the Sun chance and the La Celso chance. They were clear-cut chances. So maybe Liverpool had three, we had two. They always look dangerous. I always felt that, you know, they all could go into a second gear if they had to. Which is disappointing, but we'll never know that because they didn't need to. Um, but Gazaniga played well. Couldn't do anything about the goal, but he looked solid again. He, he looked in control of what he was doing. He didn't drop anything he should have caught. Uh, so it was a good performance by him, but I didn't think he had that much to do. Which is surprising based on who we're playing. Um, yeah. Second half, Moore had a shot straight off from free kick, but he, he was slightly fouled. Good advantage played by the referee, but then he, he tried to take the shot instantly and he was off balance. But again, it was it was better than we've seen, isn't it? Like, you know, Chelsea game, we were awful first half, possibly even worse second half. At least this one, we came out and had a bit of a go. Whether Liverpool were sitting back or not, I don't know. They looked like they were trying to score a second, so I don't think they were sitting back as much as certain teams that we've played who have sat back 
and you can tell they're sitting back. I think they were slightly more conservative. But, you know, first 25 minutes was pretty much the same old. We had a few half chances and, and stuff like that. There was a lot of space in the middle, like we're, we're, for both teams, when the ball got cleared by defences and the midfield picked up, there was a lot of space, which, again, that could be, well, Ericsson being a passenger and Winks not knowing his positional sense in that, that new area. Um, need Davies back or, or Jan to get back on track because Rose, I think, I don't know what's happened to him. I really don't. But, but anyway, going forward, until the subs came on, Mora looked so isolated. Like Kane would have made no difference at all there. He'd have been on his own. Uh, so it wouldn't have made any difference having Kane up there. Maybe it slightly would have. You'd have had Mora behind who's quick so he could have joined up with him. But Ali didn't really join up. But again, like, was he told not to? Don't overload too much early doors because if we get picked off, game's over. Um, but yeah, and service wasn't particularly good. Like I say, it's, it needs to be on the floor in the channels for someone like a Moore or a Sun because they're not going to out-jump Van Dyke. It needs to be in the channels. Take a leaf out of Liverpool's book. Um, but, you know, Ali dillying on the ball and getting tackled. Someone will give him a shout or look up. Um, yeah, Alexander-Arnold had a shot, didn't he? Uh, it's a good save. Uh, it was too much space for him. I don't know who was tracking back on that side. Possibly Ericsson, supposedly, meant to be, or it could have been Son, I'm not sure. Although more of a, a Son did swap over at one point. And then the subs came, which completely changed the game, really, in, in our favour. But again, Liverpool could have been sitting back by then. Um, but changed to forward back, Tanganja moving from centre to uh, left back and didn't look out of place. Uh, and then, thankfully, we had a bit of service. Like Celso, it's been his best uh, contribution to a game that I've seen. Uh, he was looking for the ball, he was trying to make things happen, he was positive, Lamella as well. Uh, so that, that was good. And I think uh, Sun was then given a bit of a licence to go forward. Uh, Brilliant. And and what we had as well with those two coming on is a lot more hassling and closing down and harrying the opponents, which we missed. You know, you know, back in the day, we used to close down as a team. It started with Kane, went all through the team, we, like Liverpool do. Um, and we got some chances. A Celso tackling, I, I don't know who, I think it was Gomez. He didn't play that well, Gomez. Uh, and then getting the ball, more were coming through and then playing it to Sun. All I can think is that he took his eye off the ball slightly because he could see the challenge coming in. But even so, he's normally clinical there. So that was poor. Um, but creating chances against the best team in England, that's a positive. You know, getting back to our hassling days, that was positive. And, and that was all started and kick-started by Morva, who had some help doing it with Lo Celso and Lamella. Uh, and then <laughs> Lo Celso's... Missed chance. Brilliant cross by Aurier. Brilliant play by Sun, getting down the wing, not panicking, turning around, and then finding a good pass to Aurier. Brilliant cross, and I don't know how Lo Celso's missed, but can't be too critical of him because he did have a good game when he came on. Uh, but we were much more positive, much more positive. And, and the way that like lesser teams play, if they need a win, isn't it? Like, don't go looking for the win from the start because you get picked off. But after 70 minutes, then you can have a go. Because if you lose 2 or 3-0, at least you've had a go and you haven't lost 1-0, you know, sitting back. Um, but yeah, so overall of the game, I'm, I'm, well, I've still got mixed emotions because I thought we'd get battered. We didn't, so that's positive. Uh, we had a plan. The players adopted to the plan and, and, and stuck to the plan, apart from a couple or one, uh, which was positive, that it shows that the players are, are going to listen to Mourinho and try and do what he says. But um, and we, we create some really good chances against one of the best defences in the league, the best team in the league. That's positive. So there's all these positive things, but for me, they're out, you know, they're brought back to zero because we lost. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We, we could be playing on the best team in the world, which we possibly have done. We lose to them. I'm annoyed. But, you know. Yeah. So all the good 
we've got to we've got to use that as a stepping stone now, and hopefully the change in our season to like get some good results under our belt and run. Because uh, there were positives there which we can go forward with, but we have still lost. So we've got to turn these positives, turn them into wins and points, which I'm sure we can do. And and Mourinho will see who who we can rely on, who we can't. Unfortunately, for some people that mean I think dropping them. Um, but yeah, so but it shows how the mentality has changed from when Pochettino was there. Certainly for me, where I thought we were unbeatable, could beat anybody, to now, oh god, top of the league, we're, we're going to lose this game. We, we're not going to win. Um, although Mourinho in his press conference, when asked, "Do you think you can win?" he said yes without even taking a, a breath. So. He's got the positive attitude still there, mentality there. He's got to put that into the players and then as as fans as well. But on a couple of performances where we've looked lacklustre and not interested, this one we certainly did. So that's positive, but we've got to take that and move on. And we're back. So a few other points from the game, which I'll start with the Liverpool stuff. So how has Robertson not been sent off in that game? Unbelievable. VAR were there, and yet for some reason Liverpool seem to get all the luck with this stuff. And and the sad thing is, I've seen on Twitter people calling them Liverpool. The sad thing is, they don't need VAR this season to be romping the league. There could be no VAR, it could be the same refereeing decisions as last year, and they'd still be miles ahead, but they're going to be remembered potentially for having all these decisions against them. Uh, but the first first one, like, you know, Match of the day said it wasn't a red card or anything like that, which mm, mm, maybe uh, Sky Sky Sports will be more upset if Liverpool don't win the league than Liverpool's own bloody fans. It's unbelievable the amount of like. I mean, you can understand that from Carragher and, and Jamie Redknapp just doesn't have a clue. But Gary Neville, like Man United, unbelievable. Like this first yellow card potentially that he should have got happened, and all they say on Sky Sports is. Well, these things happen. Well, the amount of times that happens and then they're there going, oh, it's a disgraceful challenge. But because it's Liverpool, it seems to be nothing. But, like, you know, he didn't mean to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. And he did get the ball first. Yeah, I agree with that. But the amount of times you see that the defender or midfielder or, or, or the tackler, let's say, gets the ball first and then follows through onto the, the player's shin or leg or whatever and then gets sent off for dangerous play. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I don't actually agree that that should be a red card if they're under control because it's a contact sport, but they're the rules. You know, And he dived in. He, he was never going to get the ball first because Tanganja was there. And, you know, yeah, he's got the ball, but he, he's, he's ended up clattering onto his, onto his leg. On his shin, which you know, you see that and, and red cards all over the place, but yet, you know, I think if you'd have got a yellow card, I could accept that and then, okay, it's a dangerous challenge, but it's probably not a red card challenge. So I think a yellow card would have been fair, but we've seen so many decisions like this year, last year, the year before, where the player gets the ball but follows through, and then it's because it's dangerous and it's injured the opponent, it's a red card, but the, you know. But for, for Sky to not even mention it is just unbelievable. Like, you know, I mean, I, I would imagine, like, you know, Liverpool fans get Sky Sports free. You know, the amount of, like, protection they seem to get from any bad decisions from them. And then, like I say, like, for any Liverpool fans listening who go, oh, it's just sour grapes. Liverpool don't need VAR or refereeing decisions to win this league because they're by far and away the best team in that league. But, you know, I mean, there's been handballs that, you know... Oh, I don't know. It's just... Anyway. But, yeah, for, you know, not sounding like sour grapes, I'll move on. The chances we got that, that I'm talking about the Sun and the uh, Celso chance, again... Sky Sports saying the chances were all Liverpool's lack of concentration. But if you watch it, it was La Celso, certainly Sun's one. It was La Celso closing down, tackling down, not giving them, I think it was uh, Gomez a moment's peace. You know? And three years ago when we were doing that, we, we were lauded by Sky and all these pundits. And it's exactly the same that we did. It's just we haven't done it for so long. 
But it's all Liverpool's lack of concentration and, and errors. It is lack of concentration and errors, but it's lack of concentration and errors caused by Tottenham and, and players closing down and causing those errors. It's not those errors happening because they've just lost concentration and, and they, they've missed the pass. So I, th- I think, you know, the, 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 the pro-Liverpool like commentators and pundits on there is unbelievable. Like Sooners is a Liverpool fan, but he's actually quite good, I think. He's fairly impartial. Gary Neville used to be, certainly with Man United. Carragher, I don't mind Carragher, but he is pretty impartial. And then Jamie Redknapp is just, he might as well be wearing a Liverpool shirt when he's on that TV show. But, you know, I don't mind him saying that, you know, they were toying with us or whatever like that, because uh, they were. And they're the best team in the league, because they are, you know. And when they play well and, and destroy teams, you know, that's fair enough. But like to say that, you know, not even credit us for like turning the game on, on its head a little bit and, and being positive of turning the game on its head is a bit harsh on Liverpool. But, you know, certainly changing the momentum of the game and being positive and creating those chances ourselves by creating doubt and, and, and pressure and, and causing their lack of concentration, I think he's pretty off. Um, but yeah, it was certainly a second better half, uh, second half, better second half performance. Um, and them saying Liverpool deserve to win I'm not so sure this game reminded me so much I think it was last year of Manchester City when we lost 1-0 at, uh, at home and the men had blasted over a chance similar to Sun's one at the end where they were they had the majority of possession they didn't create that much and then we had one chance or, or a really glorious chance and we missed but those two chances Sun and uh Lacelso, that's what happens when you don't have a striker up front who's clinical with that. You know, Sun usually is, so I'll let him off a little bit. Just it was pretty poor, but like certainly the Lacelso one came would have scored that. He'd have probably scored or certainly got on target the Sun chance and Parrot as well. I don't know why he's not playing. We want him to sign a contract, but we're not giving him any game time, which it just boggles belief. Like, why is he going to sign if he's never going to get a chance? You either play him or stick him out on loan if you're going to go and buy a striker. But we, we needed a striker in that game. Someone who's capable of getting like 30 goals a season like Kane is, like Parrot could, given the chance. Uh, but they're the kind of chances that they gobble up. Kane would never have squandered that Lacelso chance and that would have been one all. Um, but yeah, enough about the game now, essentially. On... on, on on that kind of negative stuff, apart from a couple of players in a minute. Uh, I think we've got to be positive that we, we did play well in that second half, but we've got to now turn that into the next games, Middlesbrough game, and then the Watford game, which they won't be easy. Watford, certainly. New lease of life. But we've got to turn that into positives there and turn those positives into wins. Okay, so that's the main points out of the game. Uh, we'll take a little break here. Uh, I've got a feeling this might be a little bit of a longer podcast than normal. Uh, but then, still got stuff to talk about the players in the game, uh, good and bad, uh, transfer policy, and how far we've fallen, and what Levy needs to do, or what I think he needs to do. So, back in a bit. So time to talk about some players, I think. And what I'll do is talk about the negative ones first, because then I can uh, have a bit of a positive end to the episode. So first off, Rose. He was awful. He couldn't pass the ball. His positional play was good, and he obviously got told to stick with Alexander-Arnold. So in, in that sense, it was good, but he couldn't pass the ball. There were so many... That, that early chance where they hit the post Liverpool was all from his poor ball. But he couldn't pass the ball or do anything. I think every ball he had was given away. So I really don't know what's happened to him, whether it's his mental health issues that he had, which hopefully he's okay with that now, or his injury, which I'm adamant has taken some of his speed out, or or, or just confidence, which all of those two combined will give him low confidence. But he's 16-17 season, he was the most improved player. His defensive ability was much improved. And now he's just, I don't know what's happened to him, but I think 
Sorry to say, I think his time at Tottenham is up now. I think he needs a new challenge. I think potentially he's got bored and, and, at Tottenham and, and got stale there like a lot of our squad. Um, and yeah, needs a new challenge because he's not the player he was. So when Davies comes back, I would imagine he'll be straight in. Or you could even put Tanganja there, couldn't you? He played quite well. Um, but yeah, I, I, sorry to say, I think his time is up. Uh, and that brings me to the next one, which I'd imagine if you ask all Tottenham fans who, who had the worst game, it would be Ericsson. He was shocking. Um, he played well in parts this season, but I think this game just showed that he just doesn't want to be there. Uh, He's just unmotivated, wants to leave. Now, I've been in jobs before where I've been unmotivated and it is really difficult to get on and do your stuff. Um, but I'm not being paid God knows how many million pounds a year and I'm not doing the... The job isn't doing playing football what presumably these players love to do. Uh, he couldn't pass the ball. There was a free kick in the second half, which was scuffed and straight to the feet of the person in the ball. I mean, what the hell was that? I mean, I thought his corners were bloody awful, but that was absolutely horrendous. Uh, but I, I can forgive occasionally bad passes or crosses or whatever, but what I can't forgive, and a lot of player fans, I would imagine, would agree here, he was just jogging along most of the game. Like He, he let Firmino get past him and down the wing too easy. Uh the bits where Liverpool were passing from side to side and you had Winks chasing down and closing down Alley as well. Uh, and Ericsson was just jogging along. He was just a complete passenger, which I wanted to talk about him because he has been a pr brilliant servant. Uh, and apart from this season, really, he's had, I reckon, about five years, top, top years there. Uh, 16-17 season when we were, and, and the one before we were challenging Leicester and um, then Chelsea. He played well, we played well. He didn't have a good game, we didn't have a good game. Uh, so he was the one who made us tick and basically the team was built around him pretty much. Maybe Kane, but certainly in midfield and, and attacking-wise it was built to get him the ball and cause damage. So... As bad as he's been this season, I think it would be unfair to say, oh, we sort of get out of our club, fuck off, out of the club. I think that would be completely unfair because he has been a good servant, you know, and it's Levy's fault really that, you know, potentially anyway, Levy's fault that, that the club has got stale, the, the players have got stale and his contract has been allowed to run down to zero. Uh, but we need to find a replacement if we're going to play with a playmaker, although we didn't. Lamella can kind of play as a playmaker in the Celso, possibly, um, but I wouldn't call them out-and-out -out playmakers, and we played a lot better there, but then Liverpool were going for the second goal, so there's a lot of space. But in the games where you're trying to break teams down, you need a playmaker, really, unless you're going to play in a different way. Uh, we haven't got a striker who can lump it up to. He holds it up, and then others come into play. We haven't got that player. So you have to kind of play with a playmaker. So really... January, get that Bruno Fernandes in, who is a playmaker, or Grealish. I mean, we had Grealish, and then Levy refuses to pay an extra two million. He's paying 25 anyway. Like, what's two million? Uh, but we could have had this sorted, and then Everton could be in the reserves, or he leaves in January. If he doesn't want to leave in January, he just doesn't play. Uh, and then we've got a playmaker who actually wants to play. So get someone in of that ilk in January and then just leave Ericsson like as much as I liked Ericsson and I, I one of his biggest fans I think he's done now at Tottenham I think that game there just showed that Mourinho can't rely on him you know he's not going to put the effort in to close people down passing was god awful for a player of his calibre and I think that's his last game for Tottenham and certainly if I was the manager it would be uh, and, and the next games, if, if players are fit, are certainly in the league against Watford, I'd be starting the team that ended that game against Liverpool. Uh, not sure about uh, Middlesbrough because you have got two games in really pretty quick succession. Certainly give Pallet a game in that one, certainly. Rest a couple of players. Um, but yeah, Ericsson, I wouldn't even put on the bench. I don't think you can rely on him. 
can't rely on Undumbele in the sense that, you know, he's always unfit, but what he does do when he does play, he does affect the game and he's a quality player. And he affects us in a positive way. Ericsson in that one just didn't. And it's a real shame that it's ended this way because, like I say, he's been a brilliant servant, had five brilliant years there, two stunning years. And it's ended this way with him looking like he doesn't really want to put the effort in. And just a real, real shame. Real shame. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, the video at the end of him giving his shirt away to a Danish fan in the crowd. Uh, I think that speaks volumes as well. But I think it would be wrong for Spurs fans to hate him and, and everything like that because he has been a brilliant servant and he still has played, you know. Bale refused to train. Berbatov refused to come off the bench when he wanted to go because he had his head turned, you know, and everyone loves them. But, you know, Ericsson has still trained and... and there's no doubt in my mind that he's trying. When he's passing the ball, he's trying. But, you know, it's the tracking back and running about and putting yourself about that he doesn't look like he's trying to me. And that's criminal, really, for a footballer when you're getting paid that much. Because I can do that. I may get absolutely rinsed and turned around in circles, but at least I try and close people down. So, yeah, so I, I would think Rose and Ericsson, that's their last games, unfortunately. Ali... He still can't pass the ball. He can't pass the ball. He's trying all these fancy flicks, which are lovely if they come off. But if you, you know, you can't even pass five meters. You want to be, you know, focusing on that first before you try all these fancy flicks. And, and you know, Dilly's on the ball gets tackled, you know. But he did a couple of good bits, and and he looked better when the subs got got um, brought on and. What he did do, which Ericsson didn't do, was harrying people, closing people down and putting himself about. So in that respect, he had a better game than he's had. But the, the passing is just awful. But his game isn't about passing, is it? It's about his game more is about off the ball, the runs he makes and, and run, running past a striker. But he's not in form at the moment. Like he played well against West Ham in a couple of games after that. Uh, and now he's reverted back to like Ali's, Delhi's brother. Um, so yeah, I, I think he needs to sort himself out and get back to basics. Uh, Sanchez has been our best defender all year. Had a good game apart from that one that caused the goal. But then that's what happens with world class teams. You know, you've learned that, and we've learned that in the Champions League. Make a little mistake, get punished. Uh, but Tanganja, what a debut! Didn't get the win, obviously, but didn't look out of place at all against world-class players there. Apart from the goal, like I said, where he got done by the little touch by Firmino. Uh, but that will be a learning curve. And, you know, we've seen much, much more world-renowned uh, defenders get done by touches like that. Um, but, yeah, he stuck with Mane. He stuck to his position. He stuck to Mourinho's plan. And he looked, you know, passing the ball, driving forward, uh, heading the ball quick. Didn't get outpaced. Uh, absolutely brilliant performance by a 20-year-old against that team. But then he was the one when Mourinho came in on the training pitch on the first day. He said to one of his staff, make him known. He marked Ronaldo out of the game. Yeah, pre-season, but it's still Ronaldo, isn't it? Uh, so brilliant performance, but he has to play now. So maybe not against Middlesbrough because, you know, the FA Cup, although the FA Cup now is our most likely chance of winning a, a trophy, so you want to be playing a strong team and try and go for that as well, because we ain't going to get the the league, that's done, Champions League possible, you never know, uh, top four looks to be gone now, unless we can go on this run with using that performance as a stepping stone and a catalyst, but Tanganja has to play now, I like that back three, and he's shown there as well, if, if we play to a back four, it can be Alderweireld and Sanchez in the middle and he can go on the left, which how badly Rose played wouldn't be the worst thing. But he's got to play now. He, he's, you know, you always say about youngsters, you know, you get given your chance, you've got to take your chance. He certainly took his chance there because he didn't look out of place, like I said, and he looked composed on the ball and assured. He obviously had Alderweireld and, and Sanchez there to help him and calm him down if he, if he did get overawed. But, yeah, He's got to play. And and that, that back three, I thought, looked solid. 
you know, either the back three or the back four with Orvio as well, who who he deserves a mention because he's defensively he's been criticised a lot and rightly so, but he he didn't put a foot wrong there in that game. And then going forward, his crossing is very good. Talking about crossing as well, there's two types of crosses. There's the one that Aaron Lennon used to play, which is trying to find someone's head in the box, and there's the one which Beckham used to play, which is putting it into an area. And you know, Beckham used to put it into an area. Cole York and, and Van Nistelrooy and, and Sheringham used to know if they make the run, he'd look up, put it into that area, and then it would be on their foot. But everyone thinks that you know he was picking them out. I don't think he was. Was Aaron Lennon is trying to put it on someone's head. Like even Peter Crouch there with he's standing still trying to generate the power defender runs up has the run on him and can out leap him uh, but also Lennon used to turn back around play it back to Chimbondo or whoever was right back and he put maybe two crosses in whereas Beckham used to rain crosses in so you know Beckham puts 10 in only two go to someone you know who's made the run there and gambled on where it's going and they score uh, the other Eight come to nothing. Lennon only puts two in, trying to put it on someone's head, doesn't get to anything. You know, Aaron Lennon doesn't have the final product. But yeah, he's had less crosses that have gone to no one than David Beckham. But it's putting it into an area and raining crosses in. That's what Alexander Arnold does, that's what De Bruyne does, and that's what uh Aurea does. And Trippier used to do that as well. I think that's the art of crossing, putting it into an area rather than onto someone's head, and then it's up to the striker to then gamble where that's going and make the run, make the run, either gamble to where it's going or and hope that someone can get it in there, or make the run, the, the crosser looks up and puts it into that area, and then they've got a chance. Um, so yeah, so Aurea deserves credit, but Tangangers have got to play. So they're the main player points I wanted to talk about. I've already mentioned about Winks' uh, son in this game and, and more generally as well. Uh, he puts himself about. He's a live wire. Um, sometimes his um, dribbling is a, he's like he's got too many legs. He doesn't know which one to use and he gets caught up between them. But he was certainly our most offensive and, and effective attacking player, certainly until the subs came on. Uh, and then that gave him even more room to operate. Um, but those three generally get a lot of crit well some doesn't but in this game got a lot of criticism Winks gets a lot which I've mentioned it's not his position he's been asked to play a position he's not familiar with but he puts himself about you know he tries he puts effort in and more as well so I think they deserve some credit uh, Sun obviously not as effective going forward until the subs came on but that was because he was asked to come back and stay back and then help Tech Rose against Alexander-Arnold, which he did quite well, I think. And it just shows that with, as opposed to Ericsson, who can't be bothered, some will always put a shift in. But anyway, now, now we're in January transfer window, which it just shows this game how far we've come. You know, It wasn't that long ago we battered Liverpool 4-1 at Wembley. Uh, we're so much better than them in all aspects of the game. And now we come here two years later, maybe three, and... It's completely opposite. Liverpool are winning the league and we're struggling for top four. And people say it's because Liverpool have uh, invested the money, which they have, but uh, and we haven't because Levy refuses to pay, which in some respects is true. But the, the money that Liverpool have paid, which transformed them really by getting uh, Alisson, who looked so assured in that game, uh, and Van Dijk was all from the Coutinho money wasn't from the owners ploughing it in. Uh, they've got other players that have come in, uh, Cater and Fabinho, but you know that's come in from the owners or, or Champions League money, which we've used Champions League money for Ndombele, uh, other money for uh, Celso, and, and more if we take him on permanently. Uh, but we have, you know, and then, you know, when we have got money in for big players, we have spent the money. Bale, we spent all that money. It's just Ericsson was the only one that it, it you know, was good business. Um, but we're, we're the most financially, oh, I can't remember the term, but I think in terms of the amount of money that we've made, we've got the biggest revenue or something like that, percentage, something like that. But So we've got money that we're making, we just won't spend it. And, and Pochettino wanted Grealish, 
and he couldn't get in because Levy refused to pay two million. You know, we almost had Dybala apparently with after Bruno Fernandez. Uh, but it's crying out for freshening up, and it really has been. Um, but we won't buy the players, which that could be down to the managers. They don't want those those players that are being offered, or it could just be Levy, which and, and Joe Lewis because he's the puppet master there. Um, he's the one who actually owns it. Um, but yeah, so we need to buy some players in this January. We need a striker. We need a either we need a backup or we play power. You know. You know, Michael Owen wasn't too too young when he was 16 and burst onto the scene. Neither was Wayne Rooney. Who's to say Troy Power won't do the same? You know, he's got three months now. Kane not back until April. He's got three months now. Stick him in, see what he can do. I don't think he can hold it up. He looks uh, smaller than Kane, but he's a finisher. We've seen some of his finishes on 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 the internet, and he's quality finisher. So you know, but for Mourinho to say we haven't got a striker, that's hmm. and you know. But, you know, if you're not going to play him, stick him out on loan. Get a striker in. Um, this Pia Tech, I think it's he's called for Milan. I mean, that's the transfer merry-go-round that always happens. He's coming. Oh, he's not coming. Oh, we've made an offer. Oh, we've not made an offer. Blah, 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 and all this nonsense. Get someone in to, to help out in Kane's absence. And then if he plays well, then Kane's got competition, and that will drive him on even more and drive this player on even more. Bruno Fernandes, bring him in. We're not going to get Grealish this until the end of the season. Madison has been linked as well, but why would he leave Leicester for us? Get Bruno Fernandes like you were going to. Make yourself so permanent if you want to do that. Uh, get a get a left back in if you're not going to play Tanganja there. Yeah, but it needs freshening up. The squad has needed freshening up. You know, we all thought that. Uh, which he did, Pochettino worked miracles when he didn't sign anyone for a year, but then it came to bite in the next year when uh, um, the squad was completely stale uh, and just got bored, and he paid the ultimate price. We've got to buy players, you know. Uh, out of field, since his contract extension has been pretty poor, but yesterday he was superb, apart from the, the, the header that led to the goal, but generally he was superb. Tanganja looks really good. Sanchez has been our best defender. So I would say all three of them have to play. And when out of field leaves, Tanganja and Sanchez are then equipped to be the main defenders. You've got Vertonghen as backup. Foyth getting on loan. Uh, Orvio, he's our best right back, but... Defensively, generally, and, and, and rush of blood to the head, I'm not sure. Uh, you need a, a defensive midfielder if, if Dyer and Wanyama won't get fit. Um, and then you've got competition for places with Sissoko, Undumbele, and Winks that drive them on. The Miller's been talked about leaving, I hope he doesn't. He puts himself about a bit, and, and he looked good yesterday when he came on. Hungry, Celso as well. You've got Son and Mora, and then Sessignon to replace them once our left back situation is sorted. Uh, but we need some people that, uh, you know, we need a striker or play Troy Power. But, but yeah, certainly Troy Power, play him from the start, give him a full game against Middlesbrough in this cup replay, see what he can do. If 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 he plays well and scores a couple of goals, it gives Mourinho a lovely problem to have. If he doesn't, stick him on the bench, play the team against Watford that finished against Liverpool. Uh, and then if we need to freshen it up and change it up, bring him on. Um, but yeah, um, we need some players and, and Levy has got to start spending money, certainly now that we're making money or, or doing really well financially. We must be really in with this financial fair play. Uh, but if you want a challenge, which some people are saying that they, they only care about the money, which I think they do care about the money. I think that's obvious. They want to make money. Uh, so it helps us become financially stable, which is good. But I don't think that you know West Ham owners only really care about the money because they're they're just an absolute disgrace. I've got a friend who's a West Ham fan who's pretty much at the end of his tether with those owners. So I don't think Levy's anywhere near that bad. But he is about making money, which you do have to do. The Glazier's the same, but then Man United can attract players and they've got money to spend. Um, but we need to buy players. We need to buy players. We need to freshen it up. 
even if it's not like top, top, top players, just players who can push those top players to be better again. That's what we had in the 16-17 season. We had two quality players in every position, maybe not striker. But we had someone there who, who would challenge Kane. You know, and and I mean it's amazing to me how he keeps his his you know motivation up with when he's got no competition at all. And it's just a testament to him. And, uh, you know, people saying we need someone to replace to to give him time off, but you know, can you imagine the amount of crap that we'd get or, or the manager would get if Harry Kane didn't play lost and the other striker played, you know, and so it's a it's a Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Again, but we do need someone to, when he gets injured, replace him and to push him as well. Um, but yeah, I just think now or never for Levy, spend money. Mourinho's there. You've got your manager that wins things. He, he'll want to buy players, so buy them for him. Um, but that, that's just my say on that. I know there's been a lot of the Levy out brigade who... who Think he's awful, but without him and his uh, business acumen, we wouldn't be where we are today. You know, with the transfer, with the uh, stadium, with the training places, that the getting the quality players at, at, at low prices and, and things like that, and hiring the managers. So we wouldn't be where we are without him. So he has done a good job, but we need the players, and we needed the players uh, a few seasons ago, which he didn't get for us. And sometimes he's a bit too stubborn for his own good. So. He's done a 50-50 job for me. He hasn't done a stinking job. He hasn't done the best job he could have done. And he's got to change now and, and slightly and buy the players that Mourinho wants to take us up into that top four and then the next level where we can hopefully start winning Champions League and leagues. But it's going to take a few seasons. He's got to stick with Mourinho, stick with that philosophy of freshening it up every season, which he hasn't done so far. And it has to start this January. A long episode today, uh, but a lot to talk about. I do apologise for the constant droning voice, uh, but a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss if you're a Tottenham fan at least anyway. Um, but that's it today. Um, you'll be pleased to know. Um, but yeah, overall, I cannot be 100% happy if we lose, but and I'm not happy the fact that how, how much we've, we've slipped and Liverpool have increased when we were better than them. Uh, but I can be happy about how we played, positive, uh, stick to a plan. Uh, we've got to take that forward. So beat Middlesbrough, play a strong team, give Power a chance, see if he can score some goals. Watford, play the same team as uh, ended Liverpool, Power on the bench. Uh, Ericsson, accept that he's done, and Rose as well, and then move on without them, and then get replacements in January and, and squad replacements to freshen it up and give uh, the players that don't have any competition some competition which will hopefully motivate them but that that's all i want to say and that's basically it thanks for listening and speak and back next week hopefully after a watford uh watford losing and that's been there